Uh, really, we're still kind of uh, in the Elisha phase of the book. You know, it's kind of interesting how Kings <laughs> really gives us a lot of information on Elijah and Elisha through this period. They almost are more dominant characters than what the Kings are. And uh, so, chapter 8, verses 1 to 6. Now Elisha spoke to the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise and go with your household, and sojourn wherever you can sojourn. For the Lord has called for a famine, and it shall even come on the land for seven years. So the woman arose and did according to the word of the man of God, and she went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. It came about at the end of the seven years that the woman returned from the land of the Philistines, and she went out to appeal to the king for her house and for her field. Now the king was talking with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Please relate to me all the great things that Elisha has done. It came about as he was relating to the king how he had restored to life the one who was dead, that behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life appealed to the king for her house and for her field. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman and this is her son whom Elisha restored to life. When the king asked the woman, she related it to him. So the king appointed for her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers and all the produce of the field from the day that she left the land, even until now. All right, now you remember Elisha and that woman. Uh, what was the claim to fame of that woman? What has she done for Elisha? Yeah, she's the one that uh, Elisha kept stopping by, so they made him kind of a room addition inside the house for him to have his own uh, kind of a place there. And uh, God provided for her a son who died, and Elisha brought him back to life. And so that's the woman. Now, what had Elisha told her to do? Leave the country. <laughs> because of the... Famine that was coming. Yes. The seven-year famine that was approaching, she should leave the country. She does and goes where? Does that surprise you? No. It's close. It's close. What would be the problem with going to Philistia? They had been. You know, I think this makes you reflect on the fact, hasn't it been a while since you've noticed the Israelites really being at odds with the Philistines all that much? You know, the Philistines were a big threat back in the Judges in the United Kingdom period, but the Philistine, you know, menace has kind of lessened. In fact, it's sort of gotten to where we may not have really thought about it. Who has become the more menacing uh, country to Israel in these last uh, decades? Arameans. Yeah, the Arameans, the Syrians, exactly. So it kind of shifted a little bit as far as who you have to worry about the most. So she was actually able to go to the land of the Philistines for the seven years. And then she went, you know, back to her land. Of course, somebody else had taken over her house and her field by then. And just as she's coming back and realizing she needs to appeal to the king for her house and her field, Gehazi is talking to the king about what? 
all the things Elisha has done. Yeah, the king has asked Gehazi, the servant, to give him kind of a rundown on the great uh, feats of Elisha. And guess what he was talking about, about the time this woman shows up to ask for or appeal for her house and her field. This woman? He's talking about her, <laughs> of all the things, you know, and how he had brought that son back to life. And just as he's telling that, she shows up. Now, what does that show you? God is good at telling He is. <laughs> Do what? Coincidence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, God's timing is really uh, just I mean, perfect here. You know, this is, this is just a great introduction to her return for Gehazi to be telling that story when she pops in. And so what does the king do for her? Gives her back her stuff. Yeah, her field and her house go back to her, plus... All of the profit that she would have made... As you stayed, basically. Yeah, he backdates the restitution of her income from the from the field. So wow, that's uh, that's pretty uh, pretty cool. That's a great uh, favor to this woman. Um, that just it's just another one of uh, so many of these stories with Elisha that are what you might think of as relatively small problems, small in the fact that they relate to maybe one person or one family. And yet God intervenes and God does something that blesses that family. Comments or questions? I'm surprised Gehazi's talking to the king because I thought he had leprosy and that you couldn't be close to people. I wondered if anybody would remember that. It's not necessarily chronological. I wondered if anybody would think that. Because that might be the, the answer. Famine, isn't it the same famine that we... I don't know. Maybe. We don't know when that time it was. That's right. So that that's one explanation is that Gehazi and the Eli the Naaman affair actually occurred after this story. They're just not in chronological order. That's one possible explanation. Probably the easiest one. <clears throat> but yeah, it's good thinking. But it seemed like Naaman was still around people and doing things, even though he had left the sea, so... Yeah. <clears throat> Remember, they had to stand back. Yeah. <laughs> so Gehazi was at, like, the end of the room and, like, yelling to the king. Like, yeah. I'm stand. I'm good at that. So why was the king talking to... Some love life. Yeah, the servant of the man of God. I guess to find out more about what the man of God had done. But why would he be interested? Which king was it? I don't know. You're not very helpful tonight. I'm not. <laughs> but at least I'm consistent. So what was he going to restore to her? Well, I'm assuming this uh, house and field that was taken from her, you know, um, in verse 3 at the end, she went out to appeal to the king for her house and for her field. Said he re restore all that was hers plus the produce of the field, but if there was a famine, that wouldn't include much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good point, but I guess it's nice to have whatever it yielded. I think it's cool that when she first started taking care of Elisha, he offered to put in a good word with the king for her. I hadn't thought about that, yeah. Um, and she 
turned it down basically, but um, this is what wound up happening for her anyway. Good point. I hadn't thought about that. That's a great point. I like that. Anything else on this? And in both situations, Gehazi, uh, Gehazi is involved in giving it to her. Like he's the one who said she doesn't have a son, and he's also the one who is involved in her getting this land restored. She owes him a couple, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah. yeah, good point. All right, well, how about 7 to 15? Now Elisha came to Damascus. Now Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, was sick, and it was told him, saying, The man of God has come here. The king said to Hazael, Take a gift in your hand and go to meet the man of God and inquire of the Lord by him, saying, Will I recover from this sickness? So Hazael went to meet him and took a gift in his hand, even every kind of good thing of Damascus, forty camels loads. And he came and stood before him and said, Your son Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, has sent me to you, saying, Will I recover from this sickness? Then Elisha said to him, Go say to him, You will surely recover. But the Lord has shown me that he will certainly die. He fixed his gaze steadily on him until he was ashamed, and the man of God wept. Hazael said, Why does my Lord weep? Then he answered, Because I know the evil that you will do to the sons of Israel. Their strongholds you will set on fire, and their young men you will kill with the sword, and their little ones you will dash in pieces, and their women with child you will rip up. Then Hazael said, But what is your servant, who is but a dog, that he should do this great thing? And Elisha answered, The Lord has shown me that you will be king over Aram. So he departed from Elisha and returned to his master, who said to him, What did Elisha say to you? And he answered, He told me that you would surely recover. On the following day, he took the cover and dipped it in water and spread it on his face so that he died. And Hazael became king in his place. Well, this is kind of an odd story, too. Ben-Hadad is the king of Syria, Aram. He's sick, and he wants to know how if he's going to get well. So who does he send? Hazael. To whom? Elisha. To find out if he's going to get well. Now, that's interesting as you think about an earlier king of Israel who was sick and wanted to know if he would get well, and he uh, tried to send messengers to... Elijah. No, Elijah intercepted them, but... Oh, Baal. Baal-zebub uh, and uh, of, the, of the Philistines. And that's in Second Kings 1. You remember what king that was? Ahaziah. Very good. Baal's above the god of Akron. So, now here's the thing I see then. This Syrian king knows better who to turn to to find out if he'll get well than what Ahab's son Ahaziah did. I think that's kind of ironic, don't you? Um, you know, it's bad when the pagans know more about the Lord than what we do. <laughs> it's kind of a bad commentary on us. And what does he take? What do, he sends Hazael with what? 40 camels loads. What does he need 40 camels loads for? That's a good answer. <laughs> to what? To bribe him. Well, I'm not sure you consider this a bribe. How about a gift? Or a uh, fee? How much you know. he's willing to pay for yeah, exactly. good news? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's p paying the prophet for the uh, 
information, I guess, and probably indicates he had really high regard for Elisha. And uh, well, what's uh, what's Elisha tell Hazael about Ben Hadad's recovery from his sickness? He basically says the sickness is not going to kill him. Yeah, you'll recover from sickness. However, you will not. You get it. And how does Elisha feel about this? He's very sad about it. Yeah, he seems really disturbed, really upset. You know, I mean, like, he just looked at Hazel. And he looked at him to the point where Hazel feels really awkward. And, and Elisha starts crying. And it's like, why? What? <laughs> It's weird. I mean, I've seen a few people that maybe kind of want to cry when I looked at them, but uh, <laughs> it's just kind of like, that's really strange. He just starts looking at him, looking at him, and starts crying. So Hazel's like, what is this? Why are you weeping? And why was Elisha so grieved? It's all the feature. It wasn't pretty. And for... Israel. That's right. He knew all the terrible atrocities that Hazael was going to commit against the Israelites. He was going to burn their strongholds, kill with the sword their young men, dash in pieces their little ones, and rip up their pregnant women. No wonder he cried. <laughs> that's, uh, that's not good. Uh, sounds like Hazael is really uh, kind of uh, not a very nice man. And what's Hazel's answer to Elisha in verse 13? You can't mean me. I'm just a, a servant. I'm just a dog. Yeah. You know, I'm just a... I'm, why would you say this about a dog like me? You know, kind of trying to discount this. Um, Elisha said, I know you're going to be the next king. And so Hazel goes back to Ben Hadad. And, he's, and Ben-Hadad says, what did Elisha say? And he reports accurately. What did Elisha say? He said you would recover. Yeah, you'll get better. He does. He's getting, he's, he's, the sickness is not an issue. But does he survive? Why not? What happens to it? Does he drown? He gets Yeah, he's, he's murdered. That's exactly right. You know, Hazel takes this... Uh, What's the cover? Well, I don't know. Some kind of a cover. Pillowcase. <laughs> yeah, or... You know, I'm thinking of like a big wash rag or something. Yeah, mine's a cloth. Yeah. Okay, I'm trying to think. Swimming pool cover? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he takes a, a big towel and dips it in water and puts it over his face so he can't breathe. Yeah. And he's Instead of using the pillow, you know. Anyway. Yeah. So... That's why uh, Elisha was upset. He knew that Hazel was going to seize the throne, and then he knows what Hazel's going to do as the king. He's a cruel guy. And, uh, you know, he's kind of like the Old Testament Judas. You know, he betrays his master. I mean, obviously, Ben Hadad must have had faith in him to send him to Elisha, and he turns around and he executes him. <laughs> Gotta watch your friends. All right, comments and questions about this? Elisha's reaction is interesting. Most people would, at that point, that they see the future, that this guy's going to do something bad, you just rise up and kill the dude that's about to do that. But he trusts in God and realizes 
He's not going to go against what God's prophesied? Well, yeah, I mean, how are you going to kill a guy who's going to be doing this? With a sword? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> nothing gets this job done. The cloth. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying, you know, if God shows him this is what's going to happen, then it can't not happen. And of course, I don't know that that's Elisha's job anyway, is to kill all the prospective enemies. Sounds like Elisha gave him the idea. <laughs> no! It's it almost like a, a self-fulfilling. Yeah, do you think he was like, already planning on doing it. this? Like, I'm going to go back and strangle the king. Like, like, actually, it's a good idea. He didn't exactly say, go back and strangle him. <laughs> No, he, she was saying that's what he was already thinking. Yeah, like, was he going there thinking, oh, when I get back, I'm going to kill the king. Oh, no, I got you. Plan. Doesn't matter what this guy says. <laughs> he ain't going to get well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or was he just, you know, maybe when hey, he, that sounds like a great idea. I want to be king, so how can I do Well, maybe when he found out the sickness wouldn't kill the king, that he decided to do it himself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That ain't gonna get him. We've got to try then why did he yeah. still do it after he was told that he was gonna be this terrible person? Well, that didn't affect him at all. Some people are happy to be terrible people, yeah. especially yeah. against their enemies. It's not very nice. So yeah, some people like the idea of that. Hazel's not a nice guy, remember. How can we call him Hazael and we call Israel Israel? Spelled the same. Hazel. His name is Hazel. Yeah. Israel. Hazel. Israel. 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 Hazel. Hazel. I don't know. I have no idea what to call these people. Hazel. Yeah, I don't have a good answer. I don't know what you're supposed to call these people. We got. There's a book in there. I was looking through. Some new convert studies or something, and it has a pronunciation guide in the front of it with Ooh. all these names. Yeah. Wow! <laughs> so, if they can get the right pronunciation yeah. guide straight from Elisha or whoever wrote it, why can't us mature Christians? Yeah, how come? How come they don't copy it? it must be copyrighted. <laughs> we may know a few things about how they ought to be said, but who knows? All right, other thoughts? Do we know anything from history about this guy? Well, I mean, we do know he was the king. I mean, we've got a Syrian... I don't know. You know, we'll see some things in the prophets. All right, 16 to 24. Now in the fifth year of Joram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel... Jehoshaphat, being the king of Judah, Jehoram the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, became king. He was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned eight years in Jerusalem. He walked in the way of the kings of Israel, just as the house of Ahab had done. For the daughter of Ahab became his wife, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. However, the Lord was not willing to destroy Judah for the sake of David his servant, since he had promised him uh, to give a lamp to him through his son always. Through 23... Through 24. Oh. Uh, in his days, Edom revolted under the hand of Judah and made a king over themselves. Then Joram crossed over to Zair and all his chariots with him, and he rose by night and struck the Edomites who had surrounded him and the captains of his chariots, or of the chariots. But his army fled to their tents. So Edom revolted against Judah to this day. And then Libna revolted at the same time. 
The rest of the acts of Joram and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? So Joram slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, and Ahaziah, his son, became king in his place. All right, so we're trying to sort out the kings of Judah. Who was the first king of Judah? Rehoboam, then his son Abijah. Abijah, and then his son Asa, and then his son and then his son Jehoram. All right, and so this Jehos this this Jehoram is Jehoshaphat's son, thirty-two years old when he becomes king. How is his kingship? Co-regency. Bad. Yeah, perhaps a co-regency for a while, but yes, it's bad. Why is it bad? He did evil in the sight of the Lord because he walked in the way of the kings of Israel. Life. Because he married the daughter of Ahab, among other things. Not a good move, not a good move. You know, she was a wicked witch, Athaliah, and he marries her. Do what? Wicked witch of the north. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, actually, she's a wicked witch of the... Well, she's from the north and the south, I don't know. <laughs> the wicked witch of the north down to the south. Um, but, you know, you, who you marry has an impact on you. And so, I mean, marrying into to Ahab's family is really not a good move. <clears throat> and um, God doesn't destroy Judah because of David, giving him a lamp there. Uh, but, you know, the empire's gradually being trimmed back anyway. Um, David could have just wiped him out, because, but he wants to still, you know, leave something there for David's sake. But who all revolts against Jehoram? Edom and Libna. Yeah, he loses control of Edom and Libna. In fact, it looks to me like with Edom, he finds himself uh, surrounded, ambushed, and uh, they have to make a breakthrough it through enemy lines. And, you know, uh, try to get, get back home. Uh, so, I mean, Joram nearly got killed by the Edomites, and he couldn't control the people of Libna either. Joram reigns for eight years. Now, do you remember what Chronicle says about Joram's demise? If I can find that. Yeah. Um... In Second Chronicles 21:20, he was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem eight years, and he departed with no one's regret. <laughs> and they buried him in the city of David, but not in the tombs of the kings. Is that what you want to be said when you die? Well, he departed with nobody's regret. <laughs> Weren't any tears shed at his funeral. He's Je Jehoshaphat's son, but he proves to be a very bad king, I think because of the influence of Athaliah on him. Comments or questions about that? Is it a problem that they had control of Edom? Mm, no, I don't think so. Now, maybe we should, before we go any farther in this, because we're going to get things really complicated, maybe we need to go back through the kings of Judah and Israel just for a moment and try to get these well in our mind so we can see what's going to be going on here because it gets really hairy. So the kings of Judah, we said, were 
first one, Rehoboam, then Abijah, Asa, Josephat, Jehoram. Or Joram, is it? Or Joram, yeah. Okay. You can you can shorten, you know, Bobby to Bob anytime you want to. Joey. <laughs> Joey to Joe, yeah. It's, that's all it is. Yeah. Joram, jo- Joram, Jehoash can be Joash. Uh, well, but we do it all the time. Yeah, but we know the names. <laughs> yeah. You do it all the time. Well, but kings don't do it. Yes, Where have you ever heard of people. Prince? Georgie. Yeah, whatever. Anyhow, they did here. But in this the uh, northern kingdom, who was the first king? Jeroboam and his son Nadab. Then Basha, founder of a new dynasty, and his son Elah, then Zimri, his claim to fame is he's a weak king. Then Omri and his son Ahab and then Ahab's son Jehoshaphat It starts with a J, doesn't it? A Oh, is he the guy who fell? Yes, fell through the lattice. Ahaziah. Ahaziah. I don't know, maybe Ahaziah, whatever you said. But I say Ahaziah. And the correct pronunciation is Joram. You can't be wrong either. But did you spell your Joram A H A G I A H? Wow. Was this kind of bike? Hard to tell the one who got the Bible. The H is silent. And after Ahaziah, it sounds like an R. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, we've lost it. <laughs> we never had it. Uh, was Zimri uh, all his own? Yes, his own, his own dynasty for seven whole days. Seven whole days, at least seven parts but of a day. Amri, Ahab, and Ahaziah are all in the same family. Yes, Amri, Ahab, Ahaziah, Ahab's son, but he fell through the lattice and he dies after two years of reigning. Evidently, he didn't have a qualified son to reign, so it passes to his brother, brother Joram. I knew there was a Joram, son of Ahab. All right. Now, if we're thinking straight, you can tell me what relation Joram is to Joram. Brother-in-law. Very good. How did Joram Joram get to be Joram's brother-in-law? Because his sister married. Because Joram married Joram's Yes. Athaliah, Joram and Ahaziah, sons of Ahab's sister married Jehoram, son of Jehoshaphat in Judah. Wait a minute. <laughs> Athaliah is Ahab's daughter. Athaliah is Ahab's daughter and Jehoshaphat's daughter-in-law. Yes. So they both had sons named Joram and yeah. one of them had a daughter named Athaliah and the daughter married the other guy's son. The other guy's Joram, yeah. The other guy's <laughs> You're right. That's exactly right. And Athaliah and Joram of Judah, Jehoshaphat's son and daughter-in-law, they have a son. 
Jorah. 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 Named after, perhaps. Ahaziah. Who died? Ahaziah. Ahaziah's brother. So which one? The Joram from Judah has a son named... Ahaziah. No wonder we get all... Joram and Athaliah's son is named Ahaziah. That's terrible. In honor of his what named Ahaziah? Uncle. His uncle named Ahaziah, yes. His mom's brother that was the first king that died. Because he fell through the lattice. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it gets a little hairy, doesn't it? No, they didn't have any hairies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be glad for Harry the first, Harry the second, Harry the <laughs> So, you could say that uh, Ahaziah, son of Joram, was reigning in Judah at the same time that Joram, brother of Ahaziah, was reigning in Israel. <laughs> You, want to say that again? <laughs> you could say that Ahaziah, son of Joram, was reigning in Judah at the same time that Joram, brother of Ahaziah, was reigning in Israel. Well, that was okay. Different Joram and different Ahaziah. That's right, yeah. So it just gets complicated. We've got to remember there's two of each. But once we see the family tree, then we've got it. In fact, then, Ahaziah of Judah. Who were his, who, who, who's his paternal grandfather? Ahaziah of Judah. Jehoshaphat's his paternal grandfather. Who's his maternal grandfather? Ahab. Ahab. Huh. So the king of Judah has Ahab for grandpa. And Jezebel for grandma. I bet that was a real uh, trip. Love family you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm just they kind of getting us. They right are now. his mm, paternal. His paternal, paternal grandfather was Jehoshaphat. His maternal grandfather was Ahab. Because Ahaziah of Judah's father is Jehoram, son of Jehoshaphat. Mother is Athaliah, daughter of Ahab and Jezebel. I never could figure out my own yeah. I thought there was See now, when you read it in the paper, they always put the little R or the D after the name, you know, like Republican or Democrat. Yeah, yeah. So we need I J and I. And J after that the would name. be okay. I could live with that. So Jehoram J. Yeah. We can and then they that. always put the age too, so we have to put that, you know, Jehoram yeah. J. And forty-one. I don't know if this is still <laughs> the case. Maybe they've corrected it, but you know. Those little banner things that show the chronology mm. of the Old Testament is that what's that connected with? Uh, there faces the, there? Maybe it is our yeah. spiritual heritage. Yeah, just is that the faces. It? Stuff. Stuff. No, I, I don't think it's Bob Waldron stuff. No, it, like it's, it's the faces and they're happy and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. our spiritual heritage. Well, at least an earlier edition, if it hasn't been corrected, had them wrong in one of those. So don't follow that oh, no. or check it out. They had it, I forget which, whether they had Israel or Judah wrong, but they had the Isaiah and Jehoram switched in one of them. Well, yeah, but you really need, you know, we need to learn it right. So if you're ever looking at that, at least the one I saw had it wrong. You would think that's something that somebody would have pointed out and they would have corrected in a later mm -hmm. printing. I don't know, but uh, the one I saw had it wrong. Now, who am I thinking of? Because I must be way off there. The grandma that was killing everybody. That's Athaliah. That's Athaliah, but we've not gotten there yet. But she's not That's a grandma Joash yet. Joash or Josiah or Joash? Joash's Joash. grandma. Yeah, it's Joash's grandma. 
So, so like Joshua's great great Ahaziah great of Judah's sons great grandmother great was Athaliah, who was killing everybody. That's correct. Okay. So who was the logic puzzle? And which side was she killing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Everybody. She was killing her own grandkids. In Judah. But that's both sides. In Judah. And we haven't gotten there yet, but yes. Okay. Well, no, it wouldn't. It, it would be her nieces and nephews on the other side, oh, or yeah. brothers. But this would be Ahaziah's siblings. That's uh, not correct. Okay, why not? I'm confused. Okay. Let's just wait till we get there. This is getting complicated enough. Let's read a little bit and kind of work through this a step at a time. I just thought it would be helpful for us to have some kind of an idea before we got to this point, kind of what was going on. So 25 to 29. In the 12th year of Joram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, began to reign. Ahaziah was 22 years old when he became king, and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Athaliah, the granddaughter of Omri, king of Israel. He walked in the way of the house of Ahab, and did evil in the sight of the Lord, like the house of Ahab had done, because he was a son-in-law of the house of Ahab. Then he went with Joram, the son of Ahab, to war against Haziel, king of Aram, at Ramoth-Gilead, and the Arameans wounded Joram. So King Joram returned to be healed in Jezreel of the wounds which the Arameans had inflicted on him at Ramah when he fought against Haziel king of Aram. Then Ahaziah the son of Jehoram king of Judah went down to see Joram the king of Ahab in Jezreel because he was sick. That's the son of Ahab in Jezreel, but yeah. Uh, so uh, you've got Ahaziah begins to reign and he's 22 years old. He reigns a year. His mother was Athaliah. His great-grandpa was Omri, you know, because his grandpa was Ahab. He walked in the way of the house of Ahab and did evil in the sight of the Lord, like the house of Ahab, because he was the son-in-law of the house of Ahab. Basically... So he married into the house of Ahab. Jehoram, his father, married into the house of Ahab. And he's still considered a son-in-law? Or maybe like a grandson-in-law, like... No, wait a minute. What are you saying here? I'm saying that Ahaziah okay. is called a son-in-law. He walked in the way of the house of Ahab and did evil in the sight of the Lord like the house of Ahab had done because he was a son-in-law of the house of what Ahab. What is that talking about? That would be talking about Jehoram. Mm -mm. How? Maybe talking about Ahaziah. Ahaziah is the grandson of Ahab. Okay, I don't see the switch to where the... Yeah, because got... Is this one of those, the son of is the same as the grandson of... I don't know. Anybody got another translation? This is all New American Standard. Who's got... Anybody got New King James or NIV? Or are we all New American Standard? I can ES, ESV says about the same thing. All right, read ESV verse 27. He also walked in the way of uh, the house of Ahab and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord as the house of Ahab had done. For he was a son-in-law to the house of Ahab. But the subject of that is Ahaziah from verse 26, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I guess you could call him... Ah, that's weird. So uh, either he actually married into the family too or he's like a grandson-in-law. 
No, he didn't. Uh, he's he's like a grandson-in-law, I guess, if you count this to the father. Right. Well, I mean, it says he's a son-in-law, so we're just trying to figure out how that's. True. Well, he's a, but he's Not he's a son-in-law. his mother's parents are Ahab and Jezebel. Okay. So he would just be a grandson. Yeah, he'd just be a grandson. He wouldn't be an yeah. in-law if his mother's parents are. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not the way we look parents. at it, anyway. I noticed that. I have to check that out sometime. All grandchildren in law are just grandchildren. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, until but, you, you know, have it, a married guess, anyway. It could just be talking about how, like, his Judean family is related by right. marriage to the right. house of Ahab. Yeah. Um, you know, not necessarily in the strictest sense of the word son in law. Right. He was an in law yeah. of the house of Ahab. The, the thing you learn about this from this is children need to pick their parents carefully. <laughs> it really messes him up that he has Athaliah as a mom. Because he ends up acting a lot like his mom and his mom's family. He does evil like they did. And he went up with Joram, son of Ahab, to war against Hazel, king of Aram, at Ramoth Gilead, how many times are we going to make war at Ramoth Gilead, for crying out loud? This seems to be the constant battleground between Israel and the Arameans. Now, when he, he, so he goes up there with Joram, and the Arameans wound Joram. So Joram's back in Jezreel, recovering from his wounds, when Ahaziah, son of Jehoram, king of Judah, went down to see Joram, the son of Ahab, in Jezreel, because he was sick. Now, this is a very significant visit. So we need to know that uh, while Joram is in Jezreel recuperating from being wounded by the Arameans in the battle for Ramoth Gilead, that Ahaziah, king of Judah, goes to visit Joram. Now when he went to visit Joram, what was he going to visit? His uncle. His uncle. So he goes to visit Uncle Joram up in Jezreel where Uncle Joram is recovering from the wounds. Now, Jezreel is an important city. Some very important thing happened there. Isabel, did Jezebel? She hasn't yet. She oh, will. What, what terrible crime was committed in Jezreel? Terrible crimes. The killing of Naboth? The killing of Naboth and his sons and the taking of his vineyard. That was all in Jezreel. So, interestingly... Ahaziah is visiting Uncle Joram in Jezreel at this time. The very town where Ahab stole Naboth's vineyard. Alright, comments or questions on this? Are we getting it? Yes. No? I still get confused with the spellings of Joram and Jehoram. Well, it's the same name. doesn't matter. The Joram in 25 they're spelled two different and the, Joram the son of Ahab, king of Israel, and Ahaziah the son of Jehoram, king of Judah. Those are both Jorams. They can both be Joram or Jehoram. But those are two different people. Those are two different people because one of them is the king of Judah and one of them is the king, king of Israel. Israel. I wonder if they're spelling them differently to differentiate between the people. I don't know. I don't know because I don't think they're consistently done that way in all It'd the texts nice. anyway. But they always say son of so-and-so. That's right. Just look at who they're the son of. Joram, Israel, Joram, Judah. It's like 
you know, don't you have to do that with people with the same name, you know, that we know? Bob Davis, Bob Monday, Bob Surratt, Bob... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you have to... That's uh, why we didn't name you Bob. <laughs> Among <laughs> other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only reason. Bob was at the top of our list. <laughs> have Logan Piner, Logan Judy, Logan, Logan Merrill, Logan Sport. Logan Sport. Yeah. It's good. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, you've just got that sort of thing. So it's not that strange if we can just get over the fact that it seems strange to us. So they're telling us who their father is or who they're the king of, kind of like having a last name. So this is, you know, Jehoram ben Jehoshaphat. Or this is Jehoram ben Ahab. This is Ahaziah ben Jehoram. You got that kind of thing, the Ben meaning the son of. So, you know, once you see that, that's just like giving their last name so you can tell which one's which. So it's not that complicated. If we can just get it in our head, see the family tree, and live with it. If you'll say it to each other a few times and go through it. That's what helped me. I think I can get it right all the time now without even trying to strain much. I, I, I know who they are. You know, it seems natural. So we've only got a handful of characters here. We're going to be doing this in our Jeremiah study, too, next time, right? No, this is not where we're at. This is a, that was a different time. But it'll be similar in the confusion that Yeah, maybe in that sense. All right, anything you want to say about chapter 8? Good. Chapter 9, verses 1 to 15. 